Hi guys, welcome back to Suspect. It's your host, Katie. I know that it's been a few weeks and I do apologize about that. I went on vacation and had a few other things that I was doing that we will discuss at another time. But for today's episode, I brought one of my friends on, one of my dear, dear friends from middle school, actually. And I'm so, so excited to have her on today. I have my friend, Miss Hannah Moore. Hi, Hannah. Hi. Thanks so much for joining us today. I know, I'm so excited. It's going to be juicy. Hannah and I. Yeah, it definitely will be. Hannah and I have previously talked about her being on the podcast, but both of us just had things going on. But after this last week, I'm sure a lot of you listening have been keeping up with the Gabby Petito case. I texted Hannah like two days ago and I was like, hey, let's talk about it. And she was down. So we are very thankful that she's here. A fun fact about Hannah, actually, is that she graduated from FSU, Florida State University, with a criminology major. So her opinion and advice on these cases are actually something that I value. So that's exciting. (laughs) Thanks, sir. Yeah, of course. So like I mentioned, guys, today we're going to be talking about the Gabby Petito case. And if the audio is weird at all, I'm sorry. I'm actually sitting in my car to record this so that I can actually focus and not be in my bed feeling like I'm about to fall asleep. So if you hear cars passing by, that is why. Um, So Gabby Petito case. I'm sure a lot of you, like I mentioned, have been keeping up with this. I have been losing sleep over this that night, Hannah. I don't know about you, but just constantly checking updates <laughs> yeah it's sick like I just can't stop thinking about it and oh my god it's just it's driving me crazy that we don't know where Brian is even though I mean we'll get into it but I think we yeah. know he's on the run Oh, 100%. Yeah, I totally agree. I was actually reading over some updates this morning, trying to see if they had posted any more information about where Brian might be. And I was just so deep into the Twitter thread searching this man's name that I had to put my phone down and just like (laughs) walk away from it today because I literally had to make myself go to the mall and take like a breather because I was like, okay, Katie, you're obsessing. Like, just take a second. Like, you're not an actual police officer. Give yourself a break. So, (laughs) right. I do the same thing. I will like make myself sick over something because I just need to know all the information like right away. Exactly. And then it drives me crazy because I understand they can't release like all the details, especially like in the middle of an investigation, but it's like, I want them to anyway. <laughs> so right. Exactly. Especially because this has been a case that's been taken over by social media. So it's like, we're figuring it out as the police are. So it's like, we want to know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's something that I did want to talk about with regarding this case is that, you know, Social media has completely just, like, blew this case out of the water and, like, helped solve it in so many ways. Like, they wouldn't have found her body, and we'll talk about that. And we'll talk about all the different ways that social media really has helped change and impact this investigation and case since it started. Um, I do wish that we were able to take social media and blow up a lot more cases the way that we blew up Gabby Petito's. Um, unfortunately, we can't really control, not Hannah and I, just two people <laughs> control the way that social media does handle certain cases or what blows up, what goes viral, what doesn't. But we are going to take some time at the end of the episode to still talk about another case that doesn't have as much attention on it because I do think that it's crucial as well. Agreed. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump right into this, Hannah. Um <sighs> My chest is already getting heavy thinking about this. Yeah. So we're just gonna we're just gonna start with the timeline. Um, so as most of you listening know, Gabby Petito and Brian Laundry go on this trip. For those of you who have never heard, somehow have not been around your TVs or phones or computers or whatever in the last two weeks. Catch up. Here we go. So Gabby Petito is 22 years old. Brian Laundrie is 23. They are dating. Supposedly they were engaged and then they broke it off and just went back to boyfriend-girlfriend. 
Um, I'm not really sure about that. I think her mom said that. Do you know if her mom said that, Hannah, that they were engaged and broke up? Um, I don't know about if they broke up. The only thing that I saw was in a police, um, like, report or, like, something. Um, his or Gabby's parents said something like made, they made a letter to his parent, Brian's parents saying, like, you saw how happy they were at their engagement party. So I know they definitely were engaged. I don't know if they broke it off though. Okay, so they definitely were engaged. That's something that I was confused about when the case first came out because I saw conflicting stories. So they definitely were engaged and I definitely do think that they broke it off. I do think that Gabby Petito's mom did come out and say that they had broke it off, which is maybe okay. where the tension started. Um, mm -hmm. So they leave for their trip in June. They're going, they're going on a cross-country road trip and Gabby's um, la, la, la. let me start that over fuck okay so in june gabby and brian leave new york um for a cross-country road trip and they leave in gabby's 2012 ford transit connect van i'm just going to give you guys some of the major stops that they went and saw so the first stop is at monument rock and this is in kansas this is on july 4th july 8th through July 11th, they go to Colorado Springs. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Colorado. <laughs> and they visit the Great Sand Dunes National Park in Colorado. July 16th, Gabby posts a picture from a national park in Utah. July 21st through July 22nd, she posts pictures from Bryce Cannon National Park, also in Utah. July 26th, Gabby posts a picture from Mystic Hot Springs, which is in Monroe, Utah. And then on 8-12, August 12th, um, this is when they have an encounter basically outside of Arches National Park, Utah. And so basically what happens, I'm sure a lot of you listening have watched the body cam footage or seen a part of it yada yada it's like i think like an hour and 12 minutes like the full footage it's definitely over an hour so basically what happens is gabby and brian are in the van on the side of the road whatever having a fucking argument and this guy drives by and he sees brian lapping gabby pulling her by the face basically trying to take her phone from her take her keys like locks her out of the car, I guess, like, all of this, this guy sees this in this 911 call, and he stops, basically, and he's watching them, and he is calling the police and telling the police what is going on. You guys can find this 911 call, and actually, I might link it in the podcast so it just plays. So, in the 911 call, you can hear that the guy is very specific and very certain as to what he sees. So, they send, or they call out some officers to the scene, and basically, this cop that is already on patrol driving on the road sees the van and he calls in and he tells them that he sees the van and you can find this as well and the van is like swerving they're going 45 and a 15 um he's following them just trying to see basically if he's going to continue being a reckless driver or i i don't really know so then brian hits the curb the guy turns his lights on and they pull gabby and brian over and this is where the body cam footage starts Hannah, did you get to watch the body cam footage all the way through or just parts of it? So I only have seen a few parts of it. I just watched it right before um, we started this to, like, refresh my memory. So I only watched a little bit of it, and I am just shook, honestly. Like, from the very beginning, it's just so obvious that he's sketchy, and I can't even, like, necessarily explain it, but he just he just looks sketchy like it just looks bad from the very beginning 100%. yeah no 100 percent. i totally agree i think anybody anybody listening if you haven't seen the body cam footage especially the women i really want the women to go watch it and you tell me what you guys see because for anybody that's been in any kind of narcissistic relationship any kind of relationship with a narcissist somebody who gaslights you somebody who's manipulative somebody who isolates you away from your friends and family Anybody who's been in a relationship like that, from the second you see Gabby and Brian on camera, you know what the fuck that is. And I think that's part of the reason why this case has gone so viral and part of the reason why so many people are bothered by it is because 
the behavior of Gabby video was easy to recognize when you've been in that position before. So for me personally, I've been in a relationship with a narcissist and I can't tell you how many times my dad has come to my rescue and I looked exactly like Gabby did in that video. Freaking out, overwhelmed, anxious, like all of the emotions validated because the person that you're with doesn't give a fuck that you're feeling all these emotions. So it broke my heart watching this body cam footage I watched all of it I was triggered the entire fucking time I watched it but couldn't take my eyes off the screen so like I said for those of you um, listening please go watch that or at least some parts of it so that you can understand what I'm talking about so we see the cop get out he goes up to the van he basically asks them what's going on and they just said you know they've been arguing um, they had like a little disagreement, whatever. So then he decides that he's going to separate them and talk to them one-on-one. And you can listen to both of those conversations as well. So he pulls Gabby to the side and you can clearly see and hear in the video that she is very fucking stressed out. That the police are here, that this entire situation is going on. She is just completely on edge. Now, You look at Brian's behavior. This motherfucker could give a shit less that the police are there. He does not care. He seems happy. He almost seems like he is laughing about the situation. Like, all of this is just comical to him. He chops it up with the police officer a couple times about, you know, girls being crazy. The police officer tries to relate to Brian and tells him that he understands his ex-wife was the same way. I just want to touch on this for a second. Because um, I'm a raging feminist, if anybody who knows me, I think you know that. Um, (laughs) I think that that is so incredibly disgusting. So many things surrounding this case is disgusting. But you you pull someone over. You see a woman clearly upset. She's crying. You pull her to the side. You are asking her what's wrong. And then she automatically goes into saying, you know, I have OCD. I have anxiety as a lot of people do, and then she's saying how Brian blames her for that, and, like, he's mad at her for having these things and for her trying to deal with them. So because she has OCD and anxiety, he locks her out of the car because he just doesn't want to deal with it. I just had to go away, and I had to get away from it, he said. And then the police officer is just, like, shooting the shit with him about it, and that's, it's just not fucking funny. No, absolutely. I was, by every police officer in this video, I was absolutely horrified, like, starting there. Like, you are literally mocking someone's mental health and, like, changing the narrative and acting like, she, oh, she's just a young, crazy girl. Like, that's literally what they tried to write her off as, and it pissed mm-hmm. me off. And, like, you know, this is the conversation that we need to have is when, you know, when people say defund the police, This is why, like, this is circumstances as to why, because in situations like this, they could send a mental health professional, and that mental health professional would have known within 10 seconds what was going on. She would have been able to pick apart the situation and understand that Gabby was not the aggressor, because for those of you listening, the police tried to write her off as the aggressor, even though the 911 call strictly stated that he was smacking and hitting her. So send a mental health professional. They can really understand what's going on in the situation rather than two dickhead cops who probably beat their wives too. Send them and chop it up about mental health. Like, I don't know, bro. I don't even have the words for it. Like, it just made me, it made me so mad because you, this is just something that we see so often. Like, you're not, your job is to protect and serve. And instead of you're mocking somebody who needed you to protect and serve them. And guess what? You failed because now she's dead. You can't protect or serve her anymore. You lost your chance. Like, oh. Right. And that's usually how it goes with domestic violence cases as well. Like, people cry out for help. You know, usually women cry out for help, cry out for help, cry out for help. No one, no one takes it seriously. And I think it was like, it was like in the 70s or something that domestic abuse even became illegal. So it's like a fairly new thing. And it's just, it's insane because it's it's just not taken seriously. And if anyone 
who knows anything <laughs> really watches that video, you can see that she's in distress and that she's because of him. Like she's in distress because of him, not exactly. for any other reason. And then it's just like everyone was taking his side. And then like now look at where we are. We're sitting talking on the phone about a dead woman and when this could have been prevented. Absolutely. No, 100%. Yeah, because like I was saying, his behavior is so, like, almost calculated. Like, oh, he was, okay. Oh, sure calculated. Yeah, for sure. I was telling Hannah this the other day when we were texting about this case. When you guys go back and you, I'm sure you guys have um, watched the Chris Watts documentary, anything relating to that. If you go back and watch anything before they actually indicted him with any kind of charges, when he's helping with them with the investigation or anything when he initially calls police like whatever when you go back and listen to that case like he's very calculated i was telling hannah the other day that he literally gives me chris watts vibes like real cool calm and collected but you're a fucking murderer like you're a psycho murderer but you want people to see you as this really cool calm like not causing any issues kind of person you know right exactly and like in the body cam footage you see anything that the officer asked him to do he's like oh yeah buddy sure buddy yeah no problem like like just being so nice and overly friendly and if you were in that situation like genuinely I don't think it would be like necessarily a friendly situation but he's like going above and beyond to make it seem like nothing was actually going on and gaslighting Gabby like she's the fucking crazy one absolutely yeah so in the body cam footage, we do see the police ask Gabby basically what happened. And Gabby tells them that she was the one hitting him, that um, they asked her why they hit the curb. She says that it must have happened basically when she was hitting him. Brian tells police that she grabbed the steering wheel. Gabby said she never grabbed the steering wheel. Brian has scratches on him. Police asked Brian why he has scratches and to lift up his shirt, I guess, to see if he had any more scratches on him there. Brian says that the scratches are from Gabby. So um, anybody that has been in this situation, or even if you haven't, you know that people are going to get defense wounds. So when he was smacking her, yes, it would make sense that he would have scratches on him from her blocking him or fucking trying to throw her hands in his face and just stop it or whatever the case may be. That makes perfect fucking sense. Um, exactly. One thing that one thing that I did want to talk about is because you can see from the behavior in the video, um, the body cam footage with Gabby, is that she's very, very stressed that the cops think that he did something to her. So I don't know... Um, Gosh, I can't remember the dude's name. What's the dude's name from America's Most Wanted? His name's John. He was on an interview. I can't remember his last name right now, but he was on an interview on the news recently where you he literally says that you can tell that Brian, like, said something to her, like, terrorized her, put fear into her before the cops got there, basically, that if she had said anything to them regarding him or making him look like the bad guy, like, it was not going to end well for her. And you can definitely tell that by Gabby's, behavior in the video so one thing that I did want to talk about that I've been doing some research on is that when you're in relationships like this a lot of people think you know like why don't you just leave or why don't you just walk away from them why get this far into it and it's not that simple so I I do want to understand that people understand this more on a psychology level as to why these um, women don't necessarily just leave these narcissistic relationships at the drop of a hat. So I don't know if any of you have heard of something called trauma bonding. Um, but basically, trauma bonding is when... Okay, so I do want to talk a little bit about trauma bonding. Um, trauma bonding is basically a cycle of abuse. Um, it becomes something that you become dependent on almost because you're so used to it. Um, with your manipulator that basically, like, your manipulator can treat you however the fuck they want to, but you're used to that, and you feed on that, and you need that, and they might treat you like shit for three weeks, but then they are nice to you for three days, and your mind and your heart are basically, like, wanting just for that three days of when they're nice to you, or when they reward you, or when they're not treating you like shit, so you get stuck in this cycle of literally just 
being treated like shit basically 98% of the time so that you can have that 2% of the good time. And I know that sounds crazy, but on a psychology level, like it really is a thing that women and even men get stuck in these relationships where it's just a cycle of abuse and they cannot get out because their mind is telling them that they can. Their mind is telling them that they can't be away from this person, that they have to stay with this person to be normal, to be good, to be worthy, to be any of that. So in the police report, um, in the body cam footage, Gabby literally says that she has anxiety about being away from Brian. And as soon as she said that, I wrote down trauma bonds because I had to do a lot of research into this when I got out of my toxic relationship because it was the same thing. I would get treated like shit for like a month straight. And then he would be nice to me for one fucking day. And that one fucking day would make me hang on for another six months. And it's sad but it's absolutely the truth and it's absolutely something that people go through. Um, and I just want any of you listening that are in that situation to know that that is not normal. You are worthy of so much more than that. And please do not stay in a situation just for one day of kindness, like do whatever you can to break out of that, please. Right. That, um, so something I want to add there is just basically, like you said, the lows are low, but the highs are so high. And even though, like you said, it could be just one day that's good, it's just like you cling on to that. And it's just so many women are treated so poorly because they are choosing to stay. I say choosing, but it's like they don't really have an option or they don't see that they have an option rather. And they feel even though they are being abused, they're being physically mentally abused like they feel safer in that relationship because that's all they know and they cling to that and they know that and they they did love the person prior so it's hard to all of a sudden stop loving a person like as humans we we want we're selfish we want to feel good and on those day, on those days that those women are feeling good like that's just what they hold on to and it sucks because it's so easy to point out from the outside like we can look at a you know domestic violence situation and be like wow like why how can she stay there like she she's miserable but it's just like she can't even see her way out of it and not to mention like women also have to fear what would happen to them if they did leave where do they go like and men in those situations usually make the woman push out all of the people in their lives so it's like they don't have any friends they don't have any family anymore because they just make themselves the man like the only person in the woman's life so they just don't really have anyone absolutely absolutely great points absolutely so to continue with the body footage body cam footage and then we're going to get on um basically they separate Gabby and Brian for the night and you can see all of this still on the body cam footage. Um, another thing that did piss me off that I want to point out is when they are basically talking and they're talking about separating them for the night, they've already decided at this point that Gabby is the aggressor in this situation, that Brian has not done anything. Two things I want to point out. One, at one point in the body cam footage, the police asked Brian for his phone number. He tells them that he doesn't have a phone. And then two seconds later, this motherfucker pulls out a phone. Two, um, when the police were telling Gabby that basically she was the aggressor and asking her when she slept him if she had any intent to harm him, the police officer literally says to Gabby, I want you to think very clearly before you answer this next question. Did you have any intent to harm him? Lila, did you have any intent to harm him? If you watch the video, you can see on Gabby's face, she's very clearly thinking about whether she answers this honestly and tells the police that she was being harmed or if she just goes along with the story that he already told her to give them and get herself out of the situation. So she takes a second thinks and says no. And then the cop says to the other police officer when they're talking, these two police officers are talking, and he literally says to the other police officer, he says, let's separate them for the night. What's it to us if they end up back together tomorrow? Well, officer, we can see what, what it is to you now. Um, this girl is dead. That, that's, that's what happens when they ended up back together. And this is why women don't report and feel comfortable coming out because no one ever believes them because nothing is done and said it's made it 
to be a joke and now she's dead. Like I cannot even believe that this is like a real life scenario. Like people cry out for help and then it's just not taken seriously. And now she's dead and it's this big, huge case. And like I said before, it could have been prevented if she was taken seriously. Absolutely. Yeah. If they would have actually cared that they didn't. Right. And it, oh, it just breaks my heart. So anyway, they get separated for the night. They, because Brian was the victim, quote unquote, in the situation, Brian gets put up in a hotel and Gabby gets to sleep in the van. by. They let a woman sleep in the van by herself. That's yeah. Another, that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> like, what the fuck? They said, Brian supposedly asked them if Gabby could stay in the hotel, and they said no because Gabby was the victim, but the aggressor in this situation, Brian, had to stay in the hotel. So, I'm just treated poorly all the time. I know. Nobody takes women seriously, and then they really fucking wonder. They wonder why we act the way we do. Fuck y'all. Fuck y'all. That's why. And I agree. So August 19th, Van Life Journey, which is Gabby and Brian's YouTube um, video, that's uploaded to their YouTube channel on August 19th. August 25th, Gabby makes the final Instagram post, the last one that we've seen, that people don't even believe that she posted, and this was the last day that she, she actually called her family. So the last day that anybody heard her voice, August 25th. August 27th, Gabby texted a friend that she was headed to Yellowstone. And this same friend she was actually supposed to meet up with just a few days later because it was the friend's birthday. Gabby and Brian's trip, I guess, had been delayed a couple days um, off schedule. So they were just going to meet up for the friend's birthday on August 29th. The friend never hears from Gabby. She gets this one text from her on the 7th, tells her that she's headed there, never hears from her again. So on August 29th, Gabby's mom receives a text from Gabby. It says no service, that she doesn't have any service. She tells us that she doesn't think that this text message was Gabby. On September 1st, Brian Laundrie returns home to Florida. So his parents lived in Florida. Gabby's, um, Gabby and Brian were both originally from New York, but they had moved to Florida with Brian's family. Um, after high school, basically, like recently, I think it was like 2019, maybe 2020, that they moved in with his parents. It was very recently. Gabby's dad, her biological dad, also lives in Florida. So September 1st, Brian Laundrie returns home to Florida. He returns home in Gabby's van with no Gabby, just him in the van, just parks it in the driveway at his house, comes home, doesn't say anything to anybody. Gabby's family had called him, texted him, texted his parents, called parents called anybody related to Brian that they could think of trying to get a hold of him to check on Gabby. Nothing. Nothing at all. They get no fucking response at all. So on September 11th, Gabby's dad drives over to the laundry home. He's like, what the fuck is up? What the fuck are y'all doing? Let's, let's, I just want to talk. This is the kind of energy he has when he goes over there, okay? Goes over there. What does he see? He sees Gabby's van in this fucking driveway. So, calls the police, or he calls Gabby's mom. Gabby, re- Gabby's mom reports Gabby missing in New York. <clears throat> this is on September 11th. So, September 11th is the day that the missing person's report was created. Same day. Oh, I forgot to mention, when Brian comes home and he doesn't say anything to anybody, doesn't contact anyone, doesn't just goes home and goes ghost, basically. He lawyers up as well. Comes home, shuts his mouth, lawyers up. We can all tell you that already looks guilty. I mean, you should always lawyer up in any kind of situation that you're in just to be sure. But when you come home and don't say shit and you drive the girl's van home and then you lawyer up, it says a lot. Don't, don't you agree, Hannah? <laughs> I agree. I think it's absolutely insane. And, like, the fact that he just drove the van home, like, everything's hunky-dory, let me drive it home, no one's going to ask any questions, but I, I cannot even, like, believe, I, I just want to know where his mind set was, like, what was he thinking? Like, I, and the, the worst part is, I think I mentioned at the beginning of the conversation, or the podcast, is that, guys, this is Gabby's van, so this isn't like he just drove his van home and, you know, possibly just left Gabby somewhere in Utah. This is her van. He drove her van home. 
all the way from Utah to fucking Florida, which is like a 31-hour drive, which is what he did, in Gabby's van, without Gabby. So he logged right. up. Oh, oh, no, sorry. I'm just, I'm just getting frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, Moob. So he lawyers up, and his lawyer releases a statement. Hold on just a second here. I posted it in my notes so I could read it to you guys. The lawyer releases a statement basically saying that the family would like to remain in the background of the investigation. They don't want to be involved. They don't want to be in the case at all. They want to remain in the background of the situation. But at the same time, he's not cooperating with police. So my question, Hannah, is how the fuck do you remain in the background of an investigation when you were the last person seen with somebody missing? That's That's been my biggest question. How there's no background in the sentence with that. That doesn't make sense. You were the last person seen with her, Eddie. You are in the forefront of the investigation. Like, I don't understand that either. Like, what do you mean you want to be in the background? Like, your son murdered her. Exactly. Exactly. So they released this statement, and they go ghost, basically. And Gabby's family is pleading with them. Please help us find our daughter. And like this is this is somebody that you guys really cared about. I mean, she lived at your house with your son and your family. Like, please help us. Just like tell us anything. Tell us where her body is. Tell us where we can find her. Like, literally, they're just begging for answers. Fucking nothing. Literally, fucking nothing. Which is so, so insane because as I mean, I don't know. I'm not a parent, but like. Gabby's parents were, like, pleading out to Brian's parents saying, like, you guys understand as parents, like, all we want is her back. Like, how can Brian's parents, as someone who they've raised children, how can you know that someone's child is missing, someone that was very close to you, and not do anything about it, not have a care in the world about it? Like, you can't even tell them, I'm sorry. Like, it's just, like, where Brian with the police and the body cam footage, he's, like, trying to be all friendly. They're, like, they don't even care about it at all. Exactly. No, I 100% agree. I think that there's, like, two types of parents in this world, honestly. I think that there's parents that see no wrong in their children. Like, it literally does not matter what they do. Like, they're going to go above and beyond to protect them from any trouble that they cause. Um, and then I think that there's parents that don't do that, that are willing to protect their children. But I'm sorry to fucking tell you, I know neither one of us have children yet. But if my son came home and told me that he murdered his girlfriend, bitch, we're going to the police station, Jimmy, or whatever. You know, like, I'm not, I'm not right. gonna, like, aid and abet you. It's like the case back at, I think it was in the 90s in Jacksonville, where the teenager killed the little girl and hid her under his mattress, and his mom was cleaning his room and found the body, she didn't fucking, she called the police right away. Yes, yeah, she called the police right away and said, y'all better come get this motherfucker, like. (laughs) Right, and, like, not to mention, that's that's really scary. Like, of of course, you love your children and everything, and, like, we've stated, like, I don't, we don't have kids, but. I don't know how I could look at my child knowing they took someone's life and, like, be okay with it. Like, I'm sure I would still love them. Like, I don't know. I've never experienced it. But I just – I don't know how you can look at them and be okay. Yeah, or want them under the same roof. Like, what what if you take them off? (laughs) Exactly. And at the very least, like, say they love their son, they're going to protect him, whatever. Like, show remorse for Gabby. Yeah, don't act like you don't care because what it looks like to me is y'all know what happened and you're just staying silent because you know what happened and you know it's bad, you know? For sure. They're definitely involved, no doubt. I would be shocked if they're not involved in some way. Like, I I just feel like they are. There's really no way that they're not. Absolutely. So on September 17th, or September 14th, I'm sorry, September 14th, Brian goes on a fucking hike, okay? Why? I have so many issues with this, Hannah. Why yeah. you would go on a hike when you know the media is all over your ass because they killed your fiancé? I don't fucking know. Number two, Brian's parents. Why you would let your son, who is under suspicions of murdering someone, out of your sight? I don't know. My third question. 
all these people already assume you did it, so they definitely want you fucking dead. Why would you want to be out in public? I don't fucking know. I have a bunch of questions as to why Brian goes on a fucking hike on the 14th, okay? Right. So he goes on this hike. He takes his um, his Mustang. It is a gray Mustang, and he drives to no, no, no. Let me find it. It's like the Carlton Reserve or something like that. Hold on, let me see. Um, yeah, the Carlton Reserve in Sarasota County, Florida. So he takes his car. He drives to this reserve, which is supposed to be just completely gator infested. So why he picked this of all places to go on a hike, I'll give you my theory. But <laughs> goes on a hike, leaves his car doesn't come home he just doesn't come home on tuesday so does his family call the police on tuesday no they don't do they call him on wednesday no they don't what do they do on thursday his parents go and pick up the vehicle and bring it back to their house and there's actually reports that the vehicle was brought back earlier than thursday i'm not 100 percent sure because i was not there obviously but from police records it says thursday but people on twitter say tuesday who's right probably the people on twitter but i'm just telling you what i know okay so they bring his truck back thursday do they call the police on thursday no they don't hannah they call the police friday and they say hey brian hasn't been home since tuesday right i don't know about you but i think my parents would call instantly if like i didn't answer a text or something like I know that they would figure that out much earlier. So that's where I'm saying that I think that they're covering up for him. There's no way that they're not. Like, your son does not go missing for however many days, and you just not care about it. Yeah. Like, oh, yes, girl. If I went missing, my dad would know within an hour. Like, I'm not kidding you. My dad... One, he would know if anybody else was trying to text him because I I text a certain way, as I'm sure you do, and your mom knows that. Two, right. like, my dad knows I'm not going without contacting him. I don't care what I did. Like, I'm contacting my dad. Like, absolutely, yeah, sure. he would find out so fast. And my question is, is like, okay, so let's just play devil's advocate here. Let's say that they, they had nothing to do with this. Why are you going to pick the car up? How is your son going to get home? Right. That unless you me, unless you already know that he's not planning on coming home and he doesn't need the car. Exactly. And and if that, it, it's just like none of this even makes sense at all because if they were going to get the car because they knew he wasn't going to come home because they were in on this scheme, either way, why would you go pick up the car? Because one, that's going to make you look guilty, and two, it 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 just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. And another thing that they said that doesn't make sense is that when they go to pick up the car on Thursday, there's a note from the police. There's just a note, you know, a little handwritten note from the police officer because they do this so often that they left a note on the car and they said, this car needs to be gone by whatever day or we're going to come back into it. Now, I don't know about you, Hannah, but I have never in my entire fucking almost 25 years of existence ever seen a police officer leave a note on a car for a couple days saying that this car is going to be towed if you don't move it. My car actually just got towed a month ago. And then the month before that, I got a boot on my car because it was in a (laughs) towing area. So I don't know what kind of fucking police officers that y'all are talking about, but I don't think that this note is real. Or if it was, they wrote that shit and put it on there and something didn't go according to plan so they just brought the car home because i promise you this note from this police officer is not a thing they do not do that i do not care like they don't do that (laughs) no and like how would they even know about the note prior if they didn't write it themselves or whatever like how would you know that the car is going to get towed without the note you know what i'm saying exactly yeah that whole that whole story just gets picked apart in my brain like honestly it's like yeah so brian is still missing um they still have not been able to find him he is 5'8 about 160 pounds he's got brown hair brown eyes he's got trimmed facial hair the last we saw him and he was last seen wearing a hiking bag with a waist strap so on september 17th police go over to his home and they spend about two hours at the house gathering statements from um his family and they actually look inside a vehicle outside in the driveway. 
a large crowd gathers outside. Protesters basically um, start chanting right across the street from the laundry's home. Um, they're chanting things like, no peace until Gabby is found. Where's Gabby's respect? And there's they get pretty loud, and then an officer has to come outside and tell them to calm down. He tries to tell them that the yelling is not helping, the cussing is not helping, and to please have respect for the neighborhood. And they respond to this with, again, where's Gabby's respect, which can't blame them for that. Agreed. So September 19th, the FBI finds um, some remains at Grand Tenton National Park that match Gabby's description. The cause of death is yet to be determined as of when I these notes, and I still do not believe that they released a cause of death. All they have said is that they do know that it was a homicide. So um, whether that was the cause of death that gave them that or whether they found her buried, I'm not really 100% sure. Some people have speculations that he buried her, but like I said, I, I have no idea. They haven't released all of the details. We're just going off of what we have. So the FBI releases a statement that same day that says the FBI and our partners extend our heartfelt condolences to Gabby's family and loved ones. So let me see here. Um, okay, so Brian, like I mentioned, is still missing. The police have been searching the Kirtland Reserve for him since Monday. This is a reserve of about 25,000 acres. Um, it's very... I don't know how many of you listening have been to Florida, but it's very, like, swampy and almost foresty, like a lot of the areas down in Florida are. Hannah, obviously, you're in Florida now, my Florida girl, so you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, um, the area that he's in is supposed to have, like, a bunch of gators and snakes, which is, like, another big thing in Florida. That is something that I want to address because I had somebody ask me the other day um, in Colorado. They saw my Florida license, and they were like, hey, like, is it true what they say about, like, alligators in Florida? Are they, like, really common to see? And I was like, girl, you have no fucking idea. They're, like, in the neighborhoods. Like, <laughs> no, like literally they've been on I-95 just, like, w- walking across the street. Literally just fucking chilling. Like, um, so, yeah, very heavy um, gator area that they're searching for him through. Apparently today they called in some divers to go through the water. Um, to be honest with you, I really just think that this is them misleading the police or trying to, but I also don't know because apparently there's some cameras out there in the reserve, um, and the people that run the reserve have contacted and handed over footage to the police. They did not release whether or not Brian was in the footage, just that they did contact police. So I don't know if they have any kind of suspicions or, like, any reasoning for still being there, like, I would assume so if they're still there Wednesday looking for him, but I don't know. I just think that this is them misleading the police. Like, oh, hey, he went on this hike. Go search here for a couple of days so he can get to Mexico, yeah. you know? I agree, and I just think that this is so, from the very beginning, is so calculated. For them to have that, this plan so well thought out, like for Brian to go missing or whatever, like you don't just think of that on the fly. Like, this had exactly. to have been. Exactly, yeah. No, this had to have been planned out because it, it just doesn't make sense. Um, no. So on 9-20, the police, because Brian Laundrie, he technically, guys, he has not been indicted of any charges. He has not, nothing. So they have, they're not looking for him for a crime right now. They're looking for him just as a missing person's report. So because of that, they're not able to actually do anything in the investigation besides execute a search warrant, which is what they do on 9-20, September 20th. They execute a search warrant and they go to the laundry's house and you can find videos of this. They remove his parents from the house so that they can go inside and take shit and they're inside for about an hour and they have hella boxes of evidence stuff. I think most of it was probably electronics. I know that they got a hard drive out of the van as well, some computers, some phones, different things like that. Um, they have not released as to what they found on these electronic devices yet, so I'm still waiting to see what they hear say about that. Um, okay. So after they finish the search, they bring Brian's parents back into the home for more questioning. Um, which I don't really think got 
anywhere because they haven't released any more details regarding that. The search of the home concluded on Monday evening. So the three things that I want to talk about, <laughs> um, <clears throat> real quick, Hannah, hold on one second. Okay. So like I mentioned, guys, in the beginning of the podcast, social media has really, really played a crucial hand in helping, like, solve this case, get the investigation going, all of it, really. So the three things from social media that really, really helped police um, were these three different things. So first, I want to talk about Jessica Schultz. So Jessica Schultz basically stopped the vans near Grand Teton National Park, and this this is in late August. Okay, so Jessica Schultz, she's out at Grand Teton National Park doing the van life thing, too, out hiking. Um, and she sees Gabby and Brian's van, but, of course, at the time, she doesn't know it's their van. And she's kind of irritated because the van is parked in an area that you're not supposed to park in. Like, they have reserved parking for staying the night and hiking and all kind of stuff like that. It's not parked in any of those spots. It's kind of just, like, parked off to the side of the road. So she kind of knows it mentally, doesn't really say anything. Well, she sees the van in the same spot for, like, several days after that, three or four days after that. And she kind of just mentally notes to herself that that was weird, that they hadn't got a ticket yet, that it's weird that that person was staying the night right there, like, right off of that trail. Just kind of noted that the whole thing was weird. She ended up seeing Brian Laundry at some point, like, lingering around the van, just Brian. Um, and this is, like, August 29th, August 30th. Like, she sees him, says that he's kind of acting weird. She didn't really know what it was, but he just seemed kind of strange, and she didn't really want to go over there. But, yeah, so that was one sighting of the van that they did see. Jessica calls this into the FBI, and this is one of the tips that actually helps them locate by, uh, locate Gabby's body. So the second one that I want to talk about, and I'm sure you saw this, you know, you saw the TikTok video of the girl talking about picking Brian up? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, cool. So the second thing I want to talk about is um, Miranda Baker. I'm sure a lot of you who have been paying attention to this case have seen this, but she posts this TikTok video. Um, She contacts police first, obviously. The TikTok came next. But she posts this TikTok video talking about how she was in the same area. And basically this guy asked for a ride, um, tells her and whoever she's with that he would give them $200 to get a ride to Jackson. So she's like, thinks that this is a little weird that he's offering like $200 because they were going to Jackson as well, Jackson Hole. And it was like 10 or 15 minutes away from where they were at. So thought this was a little weird, but just offered him a ride. They were going the same direction, whatever. So he gets in the car, they're driving, and somehow in the van, in the conversation, she mentioned that they were going to Jackson Hole, which is around the area that Brian and Gabby had been at for the last couple of days mentions that they're going to Jackson Hole and not Jackson. So as soon as Brian realizes that they're going back to the area that him and Gabby were in, um, he basically tells them to pull over and let him out. And he gets out and he hikes away from the van, from the um, couple's van, basically. But where they dropped him off at was right around the area, yet again, where Gabby's body was found. So anyway, she posts this video just talking about, and you guys can go and find his TikTok, but just talking about his demeanor and kind of how he was acting and like um, he, he kept talking about his fiance supposedly in the car, but never mentioned her by name. Um, then she said that he was really, really clean for somebody that had been hiking for um, hiking and camping for the last couple of days. He tells her that he left Gabby at the van for the last couple of days, that he's just been hiking by himself while she's been working on social media stuff and all this stuff, and you guys should definitely go watch this video and kind of just give you some more background as to what maybe really happened. Um, But anyway, the speculation is is that this might have been the first time Brian tried to escape, for instance. So he thought they were going to Jackson, realized that's not where they were going, decided he needed to go back to the van. I don't really know. What do you think about this, Hannah? I don't know. So I'm trying. I'm trying to look at the TikTok right now. I don't know. I I found a. T- or I didn't find. I saw a TikTok a couple of days ago of someone else explaining this TikTok as to why they think Brian got so upset whenever um, he found out that they were going to Jackson, and it was like a map. But I cannot. Oh, I find saw it that the now. two different ways. It was the two different yes. ways thing. 
Okay, yeah. so yeah, let me, I, I know what you're talking about. So guys, basically um, what they were saying was, and in this TikTok is that there's two different ways to get to where they were going in Jackson Hole. One was the long way, and then one was like, I don't know, some other way. So basically what they were saying they think happened is that Brian's plan was for this these people to take him past his van so that when they drove past his van, that he could just stumble across Gabby's body and be like, holy shit, we just found her dead and kind of had an alibi. But instead of going that way where they would go past the van, they went the other way. And as soon as he realized that they wouldn't be passing the van and he wouldn't be able to create this alibi, he freaks out and get out of the van. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I saw that too. And I'll post, guys, I will post all these TikToks and all these links in the show notes so that you guys can go and watch them and not search for them. But I saw that, Hannah, and I don't disagree with you. And they also picked him up from the showers. So if they picked him up from the showers, he would have just showered and been clean. So that makes sense as to why he wasn't dirty from, quote-unquote, hiking, you know? Right. This whole thing is just so weird. Yeah, definitely. The last social media thing that I want to talk about – before we get ready to talk about um, Daniel Robinson, is that this couple, their names are Jen and Kyle Bethune. They have a YouTube channel, like a little van life family YouTube channel. Um, They're in the same area, basically around the same time period. And so they are taking a video driving down the road. um, And in the video, they didn't realize this when they edited it and uploaded it. Um, They realized it, or they didn't realize it that day, but while they were editing it to get it ready to upload to YouTube, they realized that they call FBI. So basically in the video, they're driving down the road and you can see Gabby and, or Gabby's van to the left-hand side on the video. And if you look at the back of the van, the doors look open, um, like just, just a smudge, just a little bit cracked open. And as they get closer to the van, it looks like the van doors close. Now, people on social media have picked this video completely the fuck apart, and you guys can find this, but they're not wrong. They are not wrong. The van doors definitely are closing in the video, and you can definitely see Gabby's shoes outside the back of the van. Have you seen that, Hannah? I have not seen it. I'm literally looking it up right now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, look for it. It's so crazy. But you can see the van door. It's so eerie. And then her shoes, like, people on Twitter were the ones, they were, like, zooming in on the video and, like, screenshotting and, like, circling stuff. Um, Definitely look into that because that is another um, social media instance where they contacted police and they ended up being able to locate her precisely because of this. Yeah, guys, that is the Gabby Petito case so far. I Like I mentioned, I will definitely go ahead and link all of this um, – all these TikToks, all these links in the show notes so that you guys can go do your own investigations at home as well. If you find any information that I did not see, please send it over to me. If I mispronounced, gave the wrong information at any point today during the case, again, please correct me. You guys know I don't like to be wrong. I like to be educated. So, I will keep you guys updated with this case. I have been literally refreshing my fucking Google internet every 30 seconds trying to figure out what's going on, if there's been any kind of updates. So stay tuned for the next couple episodes. Make sure you're following the podcast Instagram too at Suspect Podcast because I definitely will be posting any kind of updates on there as well. You guys can also follow my Instagram at Katie underscore K-E-N-N-E-D-D-Y. Um, and I will also, I've been posting, honestly, more on my personal page regarding this than I have the podcast. So either one of those, you guys will be sure to have updates regarding this case. Um, I do want to talk, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, about another case that has not had as much attention on it as Gabby Petito. So let's go ahead and talk about that. Let me pull up my notes for this. I really wish, Hannah, that, like, every single case, like, and I know it's impossible to do, but, like, we could do this, what we did with Gabby Petito, with, like, every missing person's case or every cold case and, like, really just solve them, like, come together as a nation and solve them, you know? I agree. That's what, like, that's what we did with Gabby's, and it's just, it's crazy to see, like, everyone come together and put 
put things together for this. Like I have seen crazy amounts of TikToks and tweets and everything for Gabby's case and stuff that's, I mean, a lot of it is honestly just speculation, but it's just so many people coming together. Like we could really like figure this stuff out if we had more like this, you know, like if we did this more. Exactly. And the great thing about speculation is like, even though it's just speculation, when you have millions of people doing that, a good percentage of them are going to be right. So I think just opening up those conversations and being able to just sit down and say like, hey, what do you think happened? Or what do you think about this? Or what is your opinion or your theory? Like, I think those conversations are so important, like, in these cases, and like anything that really I talk about on the podcast, like, that's the whole point of this podcast is like, to open up these conversations for education, really. That's really why I started this. <laughs> okay, guys, so let's talk about Daniel Robinson. So this is actually a case um, that I hate to say this, but I did not hear about this until just a couple of days ago. Um, everybody has been stuck on the Gabby Petito case, and we got to do a good job of making sure that, you know, it's okay to be stuck on certain cases, but make sure that you're still being aware of other stuff that's going on in the world, especially to other communities. I know a lot of people are upset because the Gabby Petito case kind of got blown up, and there's, like, over 700 Indigenous women missing in the same state that Gabby went missing in, and those cases have not been talked about hardly at all. So my encouragement to you guys is just to make sure that you're staying aware, make sure that you're talking about other cases, especially in other communities. Um, We're all family here, so it's just important that we're all collectively doing it together, not just picking and choosing what we want to talk about. Okay, let's see here. Daniel Robinson. So Daniel Robinson, um, I'm going to be referencing this from, hold on one second. Okay, so this is going to be from an AZ Family article that I found this information regarding Daniel Robinson. There's not too many details regarding this case out, but I do think the details that we do know are kind of suspicious, which is why I wanted to make sure we discuss it. So Daniel Robinson was last seen leaving a Buckeye job site about three months ago. He basically, I guess, I don't know, guys. I think he was, like, out working at a job site, basically, and he was, like, leaving his job site and then basically just, like, vanishes. So Daniel's car and some of his belongings were found about a month after he disappeared. And when they found his car, like, it was a Jeep, it basically looked like it had slipped a couple times, but his keys, his phone, like, all of his belongings were still in the car. And the officer said that the wreck didn't look like a wreck that would have killed him, like, it, it looked like he would have maybe not been able to walk away from it, but he wouldn't have been dead. Like, he still should have been okay. Um, but he, anyway, needless to say, he's not at the crash site at all. So then a human skull was found near the site at the end of July. After detectives were in test and found out that the skull was not Daniel, the hope remained that Daniel still might be found. Now, Daniel's family is hoping that his case will get as much attention as Gabby Petito's has recently. Um, so... Can I read for you? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so this is a quote from Daniel's dad, and it says, things like that are scary for me as a father, you know, to say, hey, it's been three months, what if it's three years? That's the problem, and I can't understand why in particular, why in my particular case, why my son's case, the urgency is not there, he said. If you take a person serious from the beginning and actually do the work, get out there like in my son's case... Go put the helicopter up there. Don't wait three days later. Put a helicopter up in the air immediately. So that was, I highlighted that because I just thought that was important. Like, we see Gabby, which it definitely deserves attention. Like, not to take that away from her at all. This definitely deserves attention. But I couldn't imagine, like, if one of my family members went missing, I would want this attention too. Like, I would want everybody putting all of their effort into finding the people in my life that were missing, you know? So I thought that was important that he said that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, guys, I mean, like Tina said, absolutely not to take anything away from Gabby Petito because that whole situation is awful. I can't imagine what her parents are going through, but it's the same thing for all these other parents. And, you know, we see so many issues in Gabby Petito's case with police or like what they should have done better or what they should have 
stop sooner. And like, that's frustrating for us to see because we're like, okay, this girl is dead because of this. And like, that's frustrating. But also it's like, these parents didn't even get that, you know, like they're not, they're not getting people picking apart what they could have done better. They're, they're not getting any kind of support or encouragement the way that we should be. So I don't know. No, I totally agree. I think that is a great quote from him. I do wish that people spent more time, not so much focusing just on one case, but talking about all of them, because I feel like people just really pick and choose as to like certain cases that they want to talk about and why, and like that's your choice to do, but it's still important to make sure that we're talking about these people of color that are going missing and like their parents are literally saying, hey, the police don't care about my kid because he's brown. Like, there's another case of um, a brown skin boy going missing here in Colorado recently. It was like less than a month ago. And they still have not found him. And I haven't seen anybody talking about that. And it's like, you know, I, I hear people say all the time, like, hey, let's not make this about race. Like, let's just let things be how they are. But it's hard not to do that when everything is about race. Like, when you see police jump to go find a white woman, but Daniel Robinson has been missing for three months and kind of installed. There's no details. It doesn't seem like they're actively searching every day. So I definitely understand the frustrations from the other communities about this. Like I 100% do. Like I think that it's bullshit. I really do. Right. And as we were saying earlier, like we were, you know, praising social media for, the ability to find all this information for Gabby. But with that comes with a problem, which is when something goes viral, usually that's like the main focus of the time. So it's like no one is really putting in any effort anywhere else because everyone is so hyper-focused on this one thing. So that's the downfall of the social media. Even though it can be good, it's just like it could be so much better if it was given to everyone else. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like if we spread that attention elsewhere instead of just putting all of our eggs in one basket, as my dad used to say to me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, So the police regarding Daniel Robinson's case have not had any new leads. Um, Really, this case has just kind of gone cold, guys. Like it was kind of gone cold before they really even had an investigation because all they found was his stuff and like nothing else. Like, there's been no other leads at all. So this man just disappeared and it's just very suspicious. Um, I am going to be keeping up with this case as well and kind of diving into it a little bit more and seeing if I can find some more information on it. I was just citing information from this one article that I found that had the most on it. So make sure that you're sticking or make sure that you're tuning into the socials to keep up with the Daniel Robinson case as well. Um, and I am going to take some time the rest of this week to really kind of push some other people of color that have gone missing or cases that haven't been discussed as much on the socials. So if you guys have any suggestions for that, please feel free to reach out to me um, via email or via Instagram messages. Um, I just wanted to take a second to thank everybody who reached out to me, which was a lot of you asking me to do this case. That is why I'm doing this specifically. I was just going to talk about the Gabby Petito case for like a 10 minutes or so at the beginning of an episode, but so many of you asked me to talk about this that I just dedicated an episode to this. So I do also want to thank our girl, Hannah, who is now a friend of the pod. You officially Woo! have that title now. Woo! <laughs> thank you again for coming to hang out and talking with us. You guys will definitely hear from Hannah again. We have actually a kind of a crazy episode planned that we just haven't got to yet but when we do when we do (laughs) yeah when we do you're not ready and there was a little drop in this one we talked about who it was so right right that was just a little hint but you guys don't know who the other one's gonna be Hannah speaking of that episode I don't think anybody has been both of those people on the same episode so that's gonna be awesome (laughs) yes I'm ready for it I'm so excited me too. We'll definitely plan it after this. But thank you again, Hannah, so much. We really enjoyed having you here and, of course, getting your opinion and knowledge on the matter. Yes, thank you so much. I'm so glad we could do it. Of course.
Well, to all of my listeners, thank you guys so much. Please make sure to follow the podcast, Instagram, Suspect Podcast, or my Instagram, Katie Kennedy, to keep up with the information. This episode, um, I'm going to try to get this up tonight, so I will post this up tonight. You guys will be able to find Hannah's social media if you're interested in that. I will tag her in everything. So, yeah, to all of you listening, please continue to be nice to each other. Please continue to educate yourself every day just on one thing just one thing that you don't know educate yourself every day on that and I promise you if people did that every day the world would be a better place if we're all actively learning and actively being kind the world will actively change ladies if you're in a narcissistic relationship please seek help seek some kind of counsel some kind of guidance find somebody that you can confide in and trust that is crucial that is the first step to finding yourself and getting out of that. I promise you, I have been through it. If any of you listening need somebody there for you, I promise you I'm here. I will list um, the domestic violence hotline number in the show notes as well. I'm going to link a couple GoFundMe accounts as well. We're going to have Gabby Petito's GoFundMe in the show notes. Also, Daniel Robinson's GoFundMe. And we're also going to link Jen and Kyle Bethune the people that took that YouTube video of the van, we're going to link their GoFundMe as well. Um, Hannah, I didn't tell you, but the couple that took this YouTube video actually um, lost their son on his seventh birthday. They were headed to Disney World, and there was a bad car accident, and they lost their son on his birthday. Yeah. Um, So their mission for their family every day is basically to do something kind every day for somebody else. And so – when they discovered this YouTube video footage of the van, it was actually the day of their son's 17th birthday. It would have been his 17th birthday. Um, so I just thought that was kind of like a beautiful story, you know, that they suffered this great loss of their son and they were able to help another family find their daughter. So definitely if you guys are able to donate to any of those GoFundMe, those will be linked and, you know, it's always good to help out where you can. And if you can't, on this podcast that helps me (laughs) all right guys well thank you again for listening thank you hannah for joining us and until next time everybody stay safe bye bye